We will continue now on this uh, topic that, uh, or this series that we are doing on uh, the foundations of faith uh, from uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Last time we, well, until now we have been talking about uh, repentance, we have talked about faith uh, towards God, we have uh, talked about baptism, we talked about last time. Uh, this time I would like to talk about also baptism, but not baptism in water, but baptism in the Holy Spirit. In the Bible we see there are two baptisms that are important for us as believers. One of them, as we talked about last time, is the baptism in, the, in water. And the purpose of that baptism is to burn the bridges to the old life. So what happens in the water baptism is that uh, you, you burn the bridges. So, so like with the people of Israel, when they were in Egypt, they were still the people of God. So they were, in that sense, still saved, but they were not safe because Egypt was kind of very close at hand. When they had passed through the water, then there was a barrier separating them from, from Egypt. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is, is not meant as a burial of the old life, but in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we receive power to live the new life. So baptism in water is a separation of the old, Baptism in the Holy Spirit is receiving power to, to live the new life. Uh, and we will, uh, we will kind of talk specifically about this issue of speaking in tongues also, since that is one of the things I think many people uh, associate uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Very often it's associated with speaking in tongues which I would, would like to stress that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about a lot more than just speaking in tongues. But still, I would say that speaking in tongues is an important part of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I saw a study that was done by the New York Times, and it kind of fascinated me a little bit when I read this, because often people that speak in tongues, because it sounds crazy, it sounds uh, uh, almost like you are mentally unstable, uh, and many people will maybe almost accuse people that speak in tongues of being mentally unstable. Well, actually, New York Times, they did a study, a scientific study, specifically about speaking in tongues. And I would like to read uh, a little part in the notes. I have a link to this, uh, to this uh, article. But I would like to read a little quote from this article uh, what they say, and this is not what the Bible says, this is what they say about speaking in tongues, uh, the New York Times. They, uh, they say, contrary to what uh, may be common perception, studies suggest that people who speak in tongues uh, rarely suffer from mental problems. Our recent study of nearly 1,000 evangelical Christians in England found that those who engaged in the practice, in the practice of speaking in tongues, they were more emotional stable than those who did not. I find that kind of interesting that actually New York Times admits that those who speak in tongues are more emotional stable than people who don't. 
and that they actually says that uh, people who speak in uh, or regularly speak in tongues that they uh, what did they say rarely suffer from mental problems it's kind of in some kind of way it just uh, underlines basically what the Bible itself uh, teaches I think when it comes to the power of speaking in tongues but sometimes it's nice that you know even science uh, kind of catches on to what the Bible have been saying all the time which basically proved that even though speaking in tongues may sound strange might sound ridiculous there is a spiritual power in praying in this language no matter how crazy it might seem to the natural mind there is real supernatural power in speaking in tongues that according to New York Times even can be measured scientifically the result of speaking in tongues there are other also other uh, scientific studies that have been done on speaking in tongues which are think are interesting but I find in some kind of way isn't it very typical God to take something really powerful and hide it in something that seems so foolish isn't that just typical God how God often does it to offend those who want to figure it out with their mind and to bless those who just as a children just receive what he has for them actually this is what Paul is saying in 1st Corinthians 1 1st uh, Corinthians 1 27 Paul is saying but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to, uh, to shame the things which are mighty and also in 1st Corinthians 2 13 to 14 he says these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches but with the Holy which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned so basically what Paul is saying here he is underlining the fact that when God does something when he wants to give us something powerful it is not unlike God to take that powerful gift and wrap it in in a package where those who want to figure everything out with their mind they will go like sorry that's that's too foolish I will not do that and those who have a child childish trust in God in what he does they will yield to it and they will reap the benefits of this gift so I think even though the gift of speaking in tongues the baptism and the Holy Spirit even though it sounds strange and ridiculous when people pray in tongues we should not underestimate it on the basis of it being strange because that's just typical God he will often offend your mind to reveal what's in your heart I find that's a very good quote I think maybe it's Bill Johnson who said it but it's very true God will often offend your mind to reveal what's in your heart 
And that's with tongues, it is very much like this. And I've prayed with lots of people to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I've seen again and again and again where people struggle when it comes to receiving this prayer language is in their mind. Because they feel, it, they feel they cannot just speak out words that they don't understand and words that sound foolish. So they miss this blessing because, not because God doesn't want to give it, or not because they maybe don't sense that something is happening inside of them, but because they don't want to take that final step of actually uh, speaking in tongues. What is the gift of tongues? Well, from the Greek word that is used, is, is, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce it, but in the dictionary it says glossolalia, uh, which basically means tongue or language, which is one of the reasons that many people, they get very hung up in the, on, on the issue that speaking in tongues should be speaking in other languages, which I think partly is true. Besides the fact that when we speak in tongues, Paul also, and we'll get more into this later, Paul also makes a very big point that when we speak in tongues, our mind doesn't understand. So even though it is speaking in another language, it is speaking or other words in another language that I have not learned and where I don't know what is being said. Uh, I speak as the Holy Spirit inspires me to speak. And that is one of the things I think where using regularly the gift of tongues is so powerful because it's a very good way to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. And Flowing in the gift of the Spirit is all about how much you have learned to yield to Him. Well, you have a gift that you can practice every single day where you can practice yielding to the Holy Spirit. And you can do that simply by starting to speak in other tongues. It's not words that are made up by your mind. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we see in Acts chapter 2, when they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, of course, Acts chapter 2 is kind of the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit chapter. That's where uh, tongues of fire appeared. And then it says, when this happened, it says in Acts 2, 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they started to speak not from having learned a lot of languages, but they started to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, I think that's a very important thing to notice. So, because many people, they will say that the gift of speaking in tongues is the ability to learn other languages. I think God can give you ability to learn other languages. Absolutely. But when we talk about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues, it is not a natural ability, it is a spiritual gift. Meaning that it's a supernatural gift. Uh, when you have the spiritual gift of wisdom, it doesn't mean that you have the ability to take a doctor's degree. You, you can, 
you can uh, maybe you have not been to seminary or to uh, taken an education or PhD or doctorate or whatever. You can still operate in the words of wisdom. Why? Because it is a spiritual gift. It means that it is not limited by your natural abilities. All the spiritual gifts, they are gifts that are not limited to your natural abilities. So it's the same also when it comes to the, to the gift of speaking in tongues. Yes, it is uh, speaking other languages, but it's not limited to your human ability to speak other languages. So, so it, it's not about learning to speak Polish, which I think would be a big miracle. But, 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 you know, it is a supernatural gift of speaking in other languages. The purpose, is according to what the Bible says, when it comes to, the, to this baptism and the Holy Spirit, uh, and now I'm, I'm well aware that I kind of merged together the issue of baptism and the Holy Spirit and uh, speaking in tongues, because in the book of Acts, when we see, as we will see maybe later, uh, this issue is actually merged into one. Today, people often separate being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. But in the book of Acts, that was kind of, that just went together. But the purpose that Jesus explained when it came to the, to the issue of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the purpose was not to speak in tongues. There was a different purpose to why we were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We will see later that tongues, all speaking in tongues also serves a purpose. But the purpose of the baptism, Jesus says in Acts uh, 1.8, he says that, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus says that the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that we shall receive a supernatural power that will enable us to be effective witnesses for him. And he says in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, yes, the gift of uh, speaking in tongues is, uh, according to what the word means, it is different languages, but it's not limited to languages that you naturally have learned. Um, I also think that it doesn't have to be limited to, uh, to earthly languages, and we will get a little bit into that later. But the purpose of it is that we shall receive power to be witnesses. And that's what I said in the beginning, that the baptism in water is important because it separates us from the old life. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is important because that's where I receive power to live the new life. So I need to burn the bridges to the old and I need to receive power to live the new. Why, does I, why do I need that power. It's because the thing that God has called every single believer to do is totally impossible unless you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. How can I say that? Well, we can just read 
in Mark 16, which is Mark's account of the Great Commission. So here Jesus is telling his disciples what he wants them to do. And he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. So it doesn't say these signs will follow pastors or preachers. No, it's those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So basically, Jesus says that these things that I'm going to mention now, they will follow those who believe. And then it's kind of, how to say, in some kind of way for many, maybe shocking, that the first thing he mentioned is that they will cast out demons. And that is maybe the one thing we do the least in many churches. That is the first thing Jesus mentioned. And then he says, they will speak in new tongues. He, did, he didn't say they may speak in new tongues or that some of them will speak in new tongues. No, he said they will speak with new tongues. He expected every single believer to speak in new tongues. He said that that would be the signs that would be following them. Then he talks about uh, taking up serpent and drinking anything deadly and it will by no means hurt them. So here he is talking about supernatural protection. God expects every single believer to live in a supernatural protection when it comes to things that can harm them. We can expect God to protect us from things that will harm us because he has said that that will be one of the signs that follows believers. And then he says that they will uh, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, if I apply for a job somewhere and he gives me maybe a list of three or four things that I'm supposed to do, and I say, okay, I take the job, but I will only do one of the things. The employer will be like, sorry, then you're not getting the job. I have a list of four things that I want you to do, and if you want to do if you want a job that's the deal still many Christians they say well I can preach the gospel that's okay I will do that but this issue of casting out demons oh, absolutely not you know, uh, by no means speaking in tongues ah no that, that's that's too weird I, I will skip that uh, laying hands on the sick well, maybe I can, can do that a little bit, but, but not, not too much. But, you know, if I came to an employer and said, I only want to do one of the four tasks that you give me, he will say, well, then I will find somebody else. We are disciples of Jesus. In other words, he is the master. We are the disciples. It is him who decides what we are going to do if we want to be his disciple. That's what a disciple does. A disciple is a disciple of the master to learn to be like the master. And from there's, there's a lot we could say about that, but, but what I want you to notice here is that one of the things that he expected believers to do was to speak in new tongues. And when he said that, I don't think he was thinking about that they will learn new languages. That, that would not be, be anything special. 
When people move to another country, they, they learn new languages all the time. That would not be, how to say, he wouldn't need to put that in to the Great Commission. No, he was talking about the gift of speaking in tongues. They will speak with new tongues. And then he mentioned a lot of other supernatural things. So the issue here of speaking in tongues is kind of put together with supernatural things as casting out the demons, uh, having supernatural protection, uh, laying hands on the sick and they will recover. And in between that package of supernatural things, he mentioned speaking in tongues. So we see that the issue of speaking in tongues is something that Jesus expects believers to do. And for that reason alone, it should be important to us. It should be important to us because our master, the one who we call Lord, he expects me to speak in tongues. And if he, if I call him Lord, and he expects me to do it, if he's my Lord, there is only one response, and that is yes. To say, no, Lord, that's kind of like if he is Lord, the response is supposed to be yes. So, uh, maybe one issue that I could also mention uh, at the very end here. Some will say, maybe we'll get into this a little bit in the next session, but some people, they will say that the, the gift of speaking in tongues was a gift that was only meant in the beginning uh, for the issue of spreading the gospel. And I think this is one of the areas where people, they grasp at uh, ideas that can maybe disprove the issue of speaking in tongues without really, how to say, studying what the Bible says itself. Because yes, maybe it sounds like a reasonable thing to say that the, the first Christians, they needed the gift of tongue to spread the gospel. But still, when you read the book of Acts and the new letters, you don't see one single time where the gift of tongues was used as evangelism. Yes, we see you, tongues used when people get saved, yes, but we never see tongues being used as a means for evangelism, no. When, when how to say, tongues were rather used as a sign that people really had received. So in Acts chapter 10, when Peter is preaching to Cornelius' house, they understood that they were already saved when they started to speak in tongues. That's when Peter said, well, now they have the Holy Spirit, now they also need to get baptized in water. So, but, but it was not the tongues that was a sign for the unbelievers, so they, so they got saved. No, in Acts chapter 10, it's rather a sign for the believers to really prove to them that the Gentiles really were saved. Um, yes, we will mention a little bit more about that later, but just to sum it off briefly, um, we can say that when it comes to speaking in tongues, even though it sounds ridiculous, it sounds strange, that is actually very typical of God, to take something powerful and to put it into a package that, is, that seems foolish so that those who want to understand by their mind, they will say no, but those who with childish faith just say, 
Lord, if you say it, I will do it. They will receive it and they will receive the benefits of it. Very typical God to take something powerful and packages, packaged it into something that seems strange. Tongues, the word tongues means different languages. That's what the word means. But it's a spiritual gift, meaning it is a gift that is not limited by your natural abilities. So it's not limited to you learning English, Polish, uh, Swahili or whatever. No, it's a supernatural gift. And the purpose for this gift is not necessarily that we should speak in tongue itself, even though that is important. I believe we will see later that that's really valuable. But the purpose itself is that we will receive power. That's why God has given us this gift. And the church today needs power, which means we need to practice the gift of speaking in other tongues. Amen.